Well, back with another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast here at jconline.com. It's the East Coast version of the Boilers uh, Extra Podcast because we're on the road. No, I mean, no, really on the road, leaving uh, Jersey Mike's uh, Arena uh, in Piscataway uh, after a uh, 70 to 68 loss by the Boilermakers. First one of the year. Uh, it'll knock them out of number one. Come next week. Turn right uh, Road. I have uh, the young computer lady with me telling me how to get back to my hotel. So if she interrupts, she interrupts. But anyway, disheartening loss uh, because Purdue uh, had uh, had its opportunities to to win this game, close it out, uh, but didn't. And you know we've seen this team close out games before. Villanova, North Carolina. They even closed out the Iowa game uh, after you know the big lead got uh, chopped down to, to two points. So they know how to close out. They just didn't do it tonight, and they opened themselves up to get beat by a last-second shot, which Ron Harper Jr. did. Uh, he drained uh, an impressive three-pointer from just inside half court after Travion Williams had given Purdue a one-point lead. But he did a Euro step through Jaden Ivey and Ethan Morton and hit probably the biggest shot of his life. And Continue on to County Route 609. Will do. Uh, and gave Rutgers a much-needed win, their first victory ever over a top-ranked team. And just gave gave them a shot in the arm. Turn right onto County Route 609. Gave them a big shot in the arm. Geo Baker didn't play for them tonight. But regardless of all that, Purdue has a seven-point lead the first half. They don't build on it. Purdue has a ten-point lead with about eight and a half to go in the second half. They have an eight-point lead with about five and a half to go. This team has to close those games out. You know, they they just do. I mean, they ha- they have to do it. They didn't do it. Turnovers um, were big. You know, there was a missed box out by Travion that allowed a two point possession to become a four point possession. Uh, and then yeah, the, the overriding issue with this team, in my opinion, right now is just uh, they're just not that good defensively. At the next light, turn right. Will do. Uh, they're just not that good defensively. Now, Ron Hopper Jr. goes off for 30. Sometimes you can be good defensively, but a guy's going to do that, and he did. Uh, Purdue tried three different players on him. Caleb First obviously was overmatched, didn't have the experience. Mason Gillis couldn't keep up. Uh, Ethan Morton had played the best against Harper in the first half so Matt Painter stuck with him in the second half at the light turn right onto county route 609 and you know I'm not saying Morton did a, a a great job which he didn't uh but he did an okay job for a while but then Harper just elevated his game and you know he was the guy that Stay in the left two lanes 
he was he was going to be the guy that takes the shots at the end. He he took a shot at the end at, with 13 seconds to go that gave him a one point lead before tra- before Travion, uh, you know, delivered. So, you know, Ethan Morton did the best he could. They all did, but you know, some nights it's got, you know trying to control Jaden Ivey. You're just not going to do it every night. And sometimes you just got to hope that he misses. You know, when the guy hits the three-pointer at the buzzer the way he did, you know, I'm not sure Purdue could have done anything different in that situation. Uh, because, you know, he had to hit, you know, a long shot, and he didn't have a lot of time to do it, but he did it. Um and you know, you just kind of turn left, tip your cap, and uh, be done with it. But uh, you know, it's, a, it's just a bit disheartening because Purdue had those leads; they had the opportunity to build on them, uh, and they and they just didn't do it. And it's not like this has been a season-long struggle for them to to do something like that. That that's not the case. You know, they've done it. As I mentioned in the Hall of Fame tournament, they did it. They did it against Iowa, so it's there. But you know, it, it is a long season. It is, and you're going to have situations like this that you're on the road in the Big Ten. A lot of guys haven't played uh, in this environment uh, ever. You know, I think eight guys. I think it's eight players that haven't played in a true road game in front of hostile fans on the roster. For as experienced as the roster is, for the number of games that they have played, uh, they they are lacking they are lacking certain things. And that playing on the road in the Big Ten in front of fans is is one of those things that they lack right now. Now this should be a good experience for them, uh, because I think the next Big Ten road game for them would be um, I want to say at Penn State coming up in January. Not the most hostile environments, but still a a tough environment to to play in. So you know Purdue's going to have to get that figured out. But more importantly, you know they're going to have to get some things figured out defensively before Sunday, and they play North Carolina State uh, over in Brooklyn. At the Barclays Center, um, you know North Carolina State's a team that is athletic. That is going to get after them. They're going to try to turn them over. Purdue handled pressure a little bit better tonight uh, than they did against Iowa. But um, you know they're going to get tested big time, and they're going to have to rise up. And now you have to come back after a you know a tough defeat on the road. You know, you're ranked number one. And I and I don't think being ranked number one really had anything to do with the outcome of this game. You know, Purdue was Purdue was okay at the beginning. I thought their their second five really came in and gave them a lift uh and got them that lead. Travion went like on a twelve point run and you know, kinda got them under control. Um you know, and then Rutgers got hot, 12-0 run. They're in the lead. They get the, you know, Purdue gets it within one at half. Second half, you know, they go back and forth a little bit. Purdue's going inside to Edie, which they should have. Uh, they had nobody that could really guard him. 
you know, he's going to get hacked. He's going to get held. He's going to get pushed. He's going to get beat up. They're not going to call it. That's just that's just the way it goes. And they're not going to call everything at home either. But, you know, Purdue got control of this game uh, in the second half as well when they were up by 10. And they didn't. They're not able to finish the deal because of some free throws and turnovers and uh, things like that. Um, that, again, is probably the most disheartening thing uh, about the game is that they had control of it. They were up 10 and then up 8 with 5.5 to go, and you still end up on the losing end. And, you know, you, Purdue put itself in that position. And it's got to figure out a way to get out of that position, or at least get in a situation where a three-point shot at the buzzer doesn't beat you. And it goes back to probably, uh, and Matt Painter brought this up, and some of the players brought it up afterwards. It goes back to what you do or don't do early in the game. The first ten minutes are just as important as the last ten minutes, and. You know, I think in this game, Purdue didn't have what you would call that, that sense of urgency early from the starters. Because as I mentioned, I thought the second five came in and really gave them a good lift. Uh, they were feeding the ball to Travion. Um, and, you know, that got the offense going, allowed them to set some things uh, defensively. But Rutgers played above... Uh, some of the things that it has done all season. You know, it shot better than 50%, which it had only done one other time this year. Uh, they hit seven three-pointers. They were okay from the free throw line. Oh, better than okay. They were, I think they were 13 of 18, and they were, I think, the last ranked team in the Big Ten in free throw percentage. So they played above their, 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 uh, their playing weight a little bit tonight. And that's what you need to do to beat a team of, you know, produce caliber you you have to play you have to you really have to take your game up a lot of levels to do that and they and they did that tonight and that's a credit to them it's a credit to how they played how hard they played how effective they played uh but some of that caused produce some problems on the defensive end uh so uh it's a loss you know you knew a loss was coming at some point this year you would hope to stay at number one would have lasted longer than a week. Uh, I think I saw a stat on social media that said uh, this is the fifth time a team that is ranked number one in their first week and then they lost uh, to an unranked team in their first game at number one. So um, with the highs come the lows, and you just have to – to kind of deal with it again you knew a loss was coming at some point i mean it's just you know no team has gone undefeated in college basketball since 1976 and i don't think there's going to be a team this year that goes undefeated in basketball in men's college basketball uh so you knew a loss was coming whether it was in tonight whether it was sunday whether it would be in, in january on the road somewhere at michigan or someplace like that uh but, you know, you, you kind of get that all out of the way. And again, you, you would like to spend a few more days, you know, longer than a week at number one. But, you know, Purdue, you know, if they can get a win Sunday, 
They're not going to drop that far, I don't think, because you'd get a quality win against North Carolina State. But regardless, you know, the rankings are nice. They're fun. You know, I think in Purdue's case, uh, it, it was a bigger deal for Purdue and its program and its fan base because it had never happened before. Uh, you know, when Duke got beat by Ohio State after being ranked number one, you know, for the Duke, from the Duke standpoint, it, it really, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, well, it was nice being there, but, you know, we'll get back there at some point because that's what Duke does. Uh, you know, Purdue, it was more of a celebration of the program and a celebration of the former players, uh, for all the former players that didn't get to number one. And they had good enough teams to get to number one, but never, it never happened for a variety of reasons. But this was more of a celebration for the program and to, to kind of honor the program in a way that, that needed to be honored. But now, you, you know, it's just, you're going to move on. And, you know, Sunday becomes really an, an important game, uh, for Purdue to bounce back and show, uh, that some of the things that happened tonight can get cleaned up in a two or three day period, uh, and just kind of push you back in the right direction. Um, you know, his team needs to shoot the ball better. They had numerous opportunities to, to shoot the ball well tonight and they didn't do it. The one thing that kept them in the game and probably should have won the game for them was their offensive rebounding. I mean, they were terrific in second chance points. I counted at least four, four three pointers in the second half that came as a result of an offensive rebound. At one point, Purdue was outscoring Rutgers 19 to nothing on second chance points. Um, so the first shot wasn't going, but when you look at Travion Williams, you look at Ethan Morton, he had a big offensive rebound that led to Sasha Stefanovic three. Uh, Williams had an offensive rebound that led to an Eric Hunter three. Uh, those are the kind of the plays that should have put Purdue over the top. Those are the kind of big moment plays that should have got Purdue the win in, in this game. So, it's the other areas that got in, that need to be cleaned up. They still need to be rebounding at a high level. They still need to be crashing the boards. They still need to be using uh, the offensive rebounds as a secondary source of, of scoring. Um, but some of those first line shots need to go in. Uh, and I, you know, I, I've I've told a lot of people, whether it be on this podcast. I guess, you know, it depends how many people listen for it to be a lot of people. I'm not sure how many people actually listen. I, I look at the numbers and it's really not that, it's not a lot. It's enough and we appreciate your support. Um, but my point was, that I, you know, I was on an interview even earlier Thursday with some, uh, some podcast in New York, not related to Rutgers, but anyway, you know, Purdue goes 10 deep. You know, we know that. And I, I said, it, you know, to me, I, I'm going to find it hard to believe that all 10 guys on one night won't be able to score. Well, I mean, that wasn't the case tonight. But at halftime, three guys, Ivy, Edie, and Williams, had 32 to 35 points. Three guys. So while all 10 didn't score, there were seven tonight that struggled, didn't get shots, 
didn't get the right shots, didn't get shots to go down. And Purdue has to have better production across the board. You know, when we've seen Purdue win this year, they won because of their balance. They won because a lot of guys get involved in scoring. And tonight, that, that, did, that didn't happen enough, especially in the first half. You know, I was kind of struck by those numbers, 32 of 35 from three guys on a team that goes 10 deep. Uh, so, well, you know, you can't say this is a blueprint to beat Purdue because you don't know when they're going to have an off shooting night. They need to get back on track offensively. Uh, you know, they, they, they continue to take too many quick shots at the, at what appears to be the wrong moment. You know, when you're, you know, when you're building a lead or you're on a run, quick shots, unless it's a dunk, can kill, can kill your momentum quickly. And I think there are certain players on this team that when they get the ball in their hands, the ball's going up. And that, that causes, that's basically a turnover if it doesn't go in. I mean, it's great if it goes in, but situationally, this team still has a long way to go, in my opinion, from an offensive standpoint, as far as moving the defense and getting the right shot, getting the best shot possible. Because uh, there are some guys where the ball goes to them and it's over. It's going up. And we know it's going up. And there are shooters on this team. They have good shooters. And when even when the guys that are shooting quick and on a roll, it's all fine and dandy. But I, I think there needs to be a better understanding of the situation and taking a quick shot in the early in the shot clock, you know, what that's not going to be a benefit. If it goes in, everybody kind of forgets about it. But it's one of those things that you can shoot yourself out of a game or shoot yourself out of a run or kill a run because you're shooting too quick. And I just think this team is smarter than some of the things it showed Thursday night. It's my opinion. I have the podcast. I can say it. Uh, but I, I do think this, this, this team is better from a basketball IQ standpoint across the board, not just, not just every individual, but across the board, uh, from what it showed on Thursday. It's got to play smarter, understand situations. Don't, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't play fast when you don't have to. Um, and they, you know, they, they played at a good tempo tonight. They didn't play fast. They didn't get sped up by Rutgers like they did against Iowa, but there were still a lot of quick shots that did not come within the frame, framework of the offense or they came too quick in the shot clock. You know, once you get to 10 or so, yeah, you got to start putting up the shot, but shooting at 25 compared to five is, is not only a 20 second difference, but it's a huge difference because if you're shooting at 25, are your guys in a position to rebound if you miss? And a lot of times they're not. By the time you shoot at five, the defense has been working and your guys are in a better position to rebound. An offensive rebound wasn't an issue, offensive rebound wasn't an issue tonight because Travion was a monster on the boards. There were other guys that were monsters on the boards. And again, that was a good resource to have from an offensive standpoint and they need to continue to have it. But this team is, 
much better than what it showed really the last two games from an offensive standpoint with the you know the first attempts and if they can get back in that groove i think that uh you know they'll be fine uh, you know they'll they'll just be fine so that's going to wrap it up on this uh thursday night friday morning uh podcast uh be back sunday after the game in brooklyn uh as i in as i deal with a a long stay on the east coast not uh not something that you want to do but you know you need to do uh to hang out here uh, and i will kind of end the podcast on this i, I find this so hard to believe but it, it's true because you know we've seen it that Rutgers now has a four game winning streak over purdue let that sink in for a moment Rutgers has a four game winning streak over Purdue. This is not to disparage Rutgers, but Rutgers has a four-game winning streak over Purdue. And that's not something that I thought should happen, has happened. But, you know, they kind of... If a four-game winning streak means you own somebody, then Rutgers owns Purdue right now. But yeah, a four-game winning streak. The other thing I'll pass along tonight, this happened in the media room. It has nothing to do with the game, but I was astounded by this. You know, they had an area set up where they had pizza for the media and the workers and stuff and had the big, the big New York, New Jersey slice pizza, which is fine. It was, it was good, but they didn't have any plates. They didn't have any napkins. They also had salad there. So this gentleman from Rutgers, goes over to one of the pizza boxes, rips off the lid, cardboard lid, box, rips it in half, puts his salad on the cardboard box, puts his dressing on the salad, sits down and eats it. Now, he was improvising, and I'll give him credit for that, but I'd never seen that before. And I was just like, okay, this is how they do it out here. I I did not follow suit. I did not um, do the same thing. I grabbed my piece of pizza and walked out thinking, hmm, this is a strange place. (laughs) This is a very, very strange place, I guess. But anyway, just wanted to share that I come across strange things when you're out on the road, and, and I'm sure people come to produce media room and see strange things and comment about those uh but anyway i just wanted to pass that along as uh, we we finish out this podcast on this uh, thursday night friday morning and we appreciate you stopping by to listen uh of course if you have comments and concerns or questions and i'm sure there's a whole host of concerns coming out of this game and remember the sky is not falling and it won't fall purdue will be fine they have enough talent. They have enough. They have enough other things to to weather what 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 happened tonight. As I said, Sunday's a big game. Just to get to the bounce back factor and get back doing some of the things that they did earlier in the year uh, to kind of you know get back on the right side of things and then close out the non conference season in a positive way. And then you know once January gets here, you know jumping into conference season and really and really avoid 
some of the things that happened tonight to, to, to come up again. And if they do that, then, you know, I think they're going to be in good shape throughout, uh, January and February. Uh, but there's going to be more games and battles like what, what went on tonight. You know, regardless of Purdue not being number one, the target is still there. They're still the favorite to win the Big Ten, and they're going to walk into every arena that's going to be sold out. And the the student section tonight really rode Zach Eady hard. Um, there was a play where, and I'm sure you remember it, uh, where there was a battle for the ball, and his arms and his elbows came down and hit one of the Rutgers players, like across the back of the neck or on the shoulder, he was on the floor for a while. The referees looked at it. You know, they said play on, no foul, no no flagrant. But the student section let Edie have it. You know, vulgar language at him. Uh, I'm sure he's not used to that. And I, I don't I don't believe that affected his play in the second half. But these are the things you're going to run into on the road in the Big Ten. And for some of the guys that haven't experienced that, um, where they're coming right at you, they got to deal with it. You know, they've got to deal with it. They're getting booed. You're getting yelled at. You're being called names. Um, and you know, you just have to, you have to fight through it. And when, when it's never happened before, it probably shakes, shakes you a little bit, but you got to be tough enough to, uh, to get through it and battle. And, um, you know, I'm sure, sure that he will. I mean, he was, he was being pushed. He was being grabbed. He was being held. Trayvon was being pushed, being grabbed, being held, but, that that's that's life in the Big Ten. You got to deal with it, and you got to fight through it. You got to play through it, and uh, and that's that's going to have to uh, continue. All righty. Uh, again, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it. And uh, back after Sunday's game, uh, once uh, Purdue takes on uh, North Carolina State. Have a good day.